emotions create self-fulfilling prophecies that keep us from living our best lives? That's what we're going to discuss today, right here, right now, on Polly Campbell, Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. This is Polly. You're listening to Polly Campbell's Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And you know what? Sometimes that means being unhappy, right? Now, I'm a positive person. I would say I'm optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm naturally optimistic. It's something uh, I pick. It's, it's a decision I make. And being optimistic doesn't mean that you're immune to negative thoughts. It doesn't mean that you're unrealistic and Pollyannish about it all. But I think there was a time in my life when maybe I was. And it came out of my own discomfort with negative emotions. Now we know different, right? Now, emotions are what happens in our brain. Something, some event happens, we're exposed to something, and it sets off this biological effect in our brain, which causes a feeling, a feeling of anger, or fear, or joy, or excitement, or happiness. And research has found a link between an upbeat mental state and positive emotions and improved health, less stress, lower blood pressure, uh, reduced risk of heart disease and chronic illness, lower blood sugar levels. So feeling good, experiencing positive feeling and positive emotion is good for us. But too much of anything, we know, right? Everything in moderation. And the same is true with how we feel. The same with is true with our emotions. Too much positivity can border onto something toxic where we actually end up in denial of the things that are happening in our lives in the world or the things that are uh, making us unhappy or the things that are more challenging. Sometimes people call that toxic positivity and that's the belief that no matter how dire or difficult things are, we should remain positive. This has come up in my life in the last couple of weeks. I have a friend going through a very difficult medical situation, and it's been scary and frustrating and all those things. And there have been people who wanted my friend just to move on, get over it. There's been crying jags. There's been some upset, some fear, uh, some meltdowns, emotional meltdowns, and everything's okay. But there have been others who have led this person to believe that those kind of emotional experiences are not a good thing, that we just need to move on and think positive. Uh, Another friend is dealing with uh, a lot of grief, and she is generally a very positive person. And she was sharing her feelings about missing this person, the loss she's experiencing in her life, which we can all relate to, right? We all lose people we love. We all experience grief and it's, it's huge and uncomfortable and sad and overwhelming sometimes. And she was saying she felt bad to be such a downer when in reality, she was just honestly sharing her feelings of the day. She was authentically sharing her experience. 
this is what I want to talk about today, right? Because I think emotions and feelings, the emotions and the feelings they generate in our physical body, in our experience, are awesome. I think they're what makes us human. They allow us to see the contrast, to appreciate, to love, to have fun, to be curious, right? They provide cues and clues about when things are on track and when we might need to redirect. But again, I think the strength and the power of our emotions is in feeling both sides of them. It's in accepting that at the very same time we feel happy or love, we can also experience grief and fear. We are that complex. We can hold all these things at the same time. And what happens to us then is we get confused because we like to have solutions. We like to be comfortable. We like to know how to think, how to feel, what to do, right? It's That's wired in. That's part of our survival mechanism. And emotions get a little messy. And, and that can turn us off. Now I think we're in a culture where that's changing a little bit, where we're recognized that emotions are really bad or good. They're always providing insight and information about how to be in our experience. Now, the challenge comes when we numb ourselves by drinking or drugging or shopping or eating or whatever it is so we don't feel the bad ones, or when we beat ourselves up for feeling upset or negative emotions. The challenge is when we decide to ignore or suppress everything but the good things, the good feelings we have in our life, or concoct them, right? Put on a, a front for the people in our lives instead of being authentic. Then we go down this rabbit hole of uh, mental instability, uh, physical health issues, and really fundamentally just an unhappy place to be. We're, when we're not allowed to be our whole selves, and that means our emotional selves, our spiritual selves, our sexual selves, our physical selves, whatever it is, our creative selves, when we're not allowed to be whole, we're not reaching our potential. We're not accessing or engaging fully in this life. The big thing with emotions is often we don't give ourselves permission to feel down. I'll give you an example right? I, I told you, and you know from listening to this podcast, I'm, a, I'm generally an optimistic person. But that doesn't mean I'm happy all the time. I get grouchy. I get impatient. I get worried. I stress out at times. Um, and I give these workshops, and I, I write these articles, and I study the psychology, and, and I've really learned a lot in my life partly as a coping mechanism for living with chronic illness, but partly because I'm really fascinated in our psychology and how we can use it to uh, benefit and explore this life. I think it's interesting how our brains work. I think people are fascinating. So that's been a personal interest of mine. Then the things I've learned, I, I get to put out in this podcast or the articles I write or the books I write, like you recharge, and I learn more as I go. So that's that's what led me to this work, right? It's my own personal interest. But I was giving a seminar one time and I stood up and I was, uh, you know, I, I did this talk and at the end there was a question and answer period. And one of the people in the workshop stood up and asked me this question. She said, are you just happy all the time? Do you wake up feeling 
happy. No, <laughs> I never wake up feeling happy. I don't even like want to get out of bed when I wake up. And does that mean I'm depressed or unhappy? No, but I'm saying that there are practices and habits I've put in place in my life to help me experience the day how I want to experience it. But that doesn't mean I'm happy all the time. I just work from a place of awareness. And that's something that I practice. Sometimes I'm really good at it. Sometimes I'm really sucky at it because I'm human. That's how it is. So I'm not coming to you today saying, yes, you have to suppress the negative emotions and feel good all the time, or you always have to think positively. No, I don't think that's what it's about. In fact, research backs this up. There's plenty of research that says the strength comes in accepting all of what we are feeling. It's not in suppressing the bad feelings, while it's also not about getting stuck in them. So what does that look like? I think when we're stuck in the bad feelings, it can feel like depression. Um, sometimes it's environmental. Something's happening in our lives that throws us and, and it becomes a, a situation with the chemicals in our body and our brains and also in our thought patterns that we might need help to cope with. I've been there. Sometimes it can become clinical. Something's going on with your physiology that can change the way you experience the world. And therapy and treatment is really successful in helping with that. Sometimes we just wake up in the wrong side of the bed or something happens to us that we don't like or somebody says something to us that uh, pisses us off and we go down this place and get stuck in the negativity and it looks like complaining, okay? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll wake up and have a hard time, maybe my ankle will hurt or something will be going on and I'll stagger out of bed and then I feel like I have a decision. I can say, oh man, I'm really stiff today. My ankle is really hurting today, which is part of the rheumatoid arthritis I live with, which I know many of you can relate to. And then I'll go on about the day. Or I can walk all the way out to the kitchen saying, oh man, I really hurt. This ankle really hurts. I hate arthritis. This is such a sucky thing. I'm so unlucky. I can't believe I have to deal with this. How we think and process and communicate to ourselves and others about our feelings will determine how well we deal with them, how happy we are in our lives. And I'm talking the kind of settling happy that has meaning and satisfaction and contentment. I'm not joyful that I wake up in pain with arthritis. I don't get up and say, yay, another day, my ankle is really hurting. I get up and acknowledge the pain and the frustration. Oh, I'm stiff. I'm so tired of feeling stiff in the morning. But then the very next thought is, I got to get me some coffee. That's it right? Now things will come up during the day. My daughter will have a bad day at school and she'll bring a, a mood home or I'll burn myself while cooking or I won't hear from a client that was supposed to call me or one thing or another happens, right? Life is dynamic. Things come into play and, and push up against us. And depending on where we are in that moment of our experience, we'll react to those things in different ways. The things that bother me one day won't bother me maybe on a Thursday, okay? But it's what we do after that that is most interesting to me. And it's what we do after that can determine the quality of our life, really. 
Okay, research has found links that say toxic positivity blowing through the negative emotions and thinking or urging others to feel positive all the time, to not be the downer, to get over it. That's not a healthy response for us or a way we want to live our lives, but neither is lingering in the negative emotions. It's the balance in between. It's the interplay and the awareness that we develop as we go through life if we choose to. This doesn't mean you're not going to feel pain or sadness or upset that bad things aren't going to happen, of course. Good things are going to happen too. And it's the noticing, it's the accepting of all of it that really moves us into our power position, makes life a whole lot more interesting and a whole lot less stressful. So while it's we don't want to feel good all the time, that's not adaptive for us. We also don't want the negative thoughts to linger, right? New research around this is, is just emerging and it's interesting because it shows that the longer negative emotions linger in our brain, the worse we feel, no surprise, but the worse our mental health becomes. When we hold on to all those negative feelings, those events that stimuli, we become unhappier. And when we're unhappier, we're less motivated, we're more likely to be ill, we're less likely to connect and socialize. And if we persistently hold on to those negative feelings and events, we're going to have more upset in our daily life. And that is going to change how we feel about the lives we're living. In one study from Shinsu University, researchers found that people who hold on to negative beliefs about themselves actually create the future self-perceptions that lead to reality. In other words, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So if you start down the path of a bad day, if you're having some negative feelings and you allow those to persist and you ruminate and you hold on to that, your thought patterns will actually change in a way that will create more negative beliefs about yourself and then your behaviors that you choose as a result of these feelings will become the self-fulfilling process. You'll create the very thing you're feeling bad about. Okay, People who see themselves in a negative light are more likely to hear negative feedback than positive because it aligns with what we already think about ourselves. We can't do this to ourselves, right? We can, we can do better than this. I'm not saying to us suppress the emotion. I just want us to become more aware of what we're feeling, not discard it, not be afraid of it, not overlook it, but take it in so that we can use the information the feelings offer us to motivate us to get out of the difficult relationship or move into a job that's more inspiring or pick up a hobby that makes us feel good or exercise so we feel better about our bodies, whatever it is. In this poll of more than 2,000 adults, researchers found that most people have around 11 negative thoughts a day, okay? Sounds about right. Things come up, right? We're up and down with that. But what's interesting to me is the quality of those thoughts. A lot of those people polled experience thoughts that I'm not good enough because I'm overweight, I'm a bad person, I'm not good looking, or I'm a failure, right? Of the people studied, 37% say these feelings 
hinder the progress toward achieving the goals. These feelings keep them from living the lives they want to live. Another 34% feel that their own thoughts have stopped them from expanding, finding new work, expressing feelings in a relationship, achieving their health goals. 40% of the people surveyed say it's their own thoughts about themselves which again start when we're triggered by something negative or something that doesn't feel good. And then we allow those thought patterns to persist. And instead of accepting those feelings, we make them personal. That starts. And then we internalize that and make it about us. And then it becomes about us. Because if we're not feeling good about ourselves, we're hardly motivated to apply for our dream job or hop on the exercise bike or whatever it is. All right. So the question is, what can we do about this? How can we learn to accept our feelings no matter what they are and use them to really propel us in life and to feel better in our life? I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to share a couple of the things I started doing in 2023 and some other ideas you might find helpful too. When we come back on Polly Campbell Simply Said right here on the Best Business Network of Electrocast. And we're back. I'm Polly, and you're listening to Simply Said on the Best Business Network of Electrocast. Today, we're talking about yin and yang, right? The balance of our emotional energy, how to experience and accept our negative feelings and the scary ones, the hard ones, the the uncomfortable ones, as well as enjoying the good feelings. When we have a balance, when we're able to accept both sides, we can use those feelings to really propel us forward in life. But what happens often is we get stuck in this cycle of negative thoughts. We'll have 11 or more negative thoughts a day. But what do we do when we have them? Can we notice them? Can we take them in? Can we become aware without channeling them, internalizing them, and making them a self-fulfilling prophecy? That's what I'm interested in because I think emotions are super valuable. We can use them to help motivate us to get a new job, to fall in love, to... uh, make positive changes in our lives that really make life more meaningful and purposeful and more satisfying. Or we can get stuck in them and be complainers and isolated and and all the other things that make life not as much fun. So I'm interested in it. This year, I've created a bedtime routine, really. You know, I've talked before about my morning routine. I start off the morning in a, in a very positive way so that I set the tone for what I want to create in my day, the intention, the feelings I want to have. And recently, I've started doing this more deliberately at bedtime. So I'm going to share with you three things I do every day. And I am amazed at uh, how I feel about it, how it's helping me. And will I do it the whole year? I don't know, but right now it feels good. And there's a lot of science to back this up. One thing I do is I write down one or two small wins. It's important to mark our progress in the day. And so often what we're doing is not measurable, particularly when we're parenting or we're doing the household chores or we're working on a long project that might not be done for months or years even. And it's easy to feel like we're not accomplishing anything. I made soup yesterday. That was my small win for the day. My family had a hot dinner because of my efforts. And I wrote that down. There's a lot of research, and we've talked about it on a previous episode, that when we notice the small incremental progress we're making in our lives, 
we do better. We're more motivated. We more connected. We feel more purposeful. And that sets off a wave of positive feeling. So now each night before bed in my journal, I write one sentence or one even like yesterday, I just wrote made soup. It doesn't even have to be a full sentence. Don't worry about spelling or fragments or anything. Write down one or two of the small wins, one or two things you accomplished that felt good. The other thing I do before bed is I write down one thing I'm grateful for. In the morning, I do a gratitude exercise. But at night, I write down one thing I'm grateful for, something different every day. It's, again, one word. Last night, we um, sat around the table. We had time. My daughter was home from work. We all sat around, had a family dinner. And I loved that. And I was grateful for that. So I just wrote family dinner under that. Another thing I'm doing before bed each night is I'm writing down one thing that is simply good. Now, I do all this stuff on paper because I'm very analog. I, I like the pen. I like the paper. I like to scratch it out. But another thing that happens when we write stuff down by hand is it forces us to connect the feeling to the thought and it slows us down. But the important thing here is to find a method that you can easily do every night that feels right to you. So if you're a list kind of person, if you're a paper pen kind of person like I am, Get a notebook, write this down. It can be anything. Otherwise, you know, leave a, leave a memo on your phone or record it on your phone. But do something where you take it from inside of you and put it outside of you. Don't just say it to yourself, right? The important thing is that connection between the mind and the spirit and the physicality of it, the pause to take in these things. So each night before bed, write down a small win, write down something you're grateful for, or record it, say it out loud. In some way, pause long enough to document this for yourself so you can really see and connect to the things that you're creating in your world. Another thing I do before bed, another short, brief note I make is one cool thing or a simply good thing. And I'll post my Simply Good Thing from last night on the polycampbell.substack page for the week so you can see it. The Simply Good Thing last night is I got this bright green beanie for Christmas and it's got a smiley face on the front. Simply cool, simply good, right? I, it's super cold in my office, so I bundle up to go to work. And this beanie just, it's bright and it's got a smiley face and it just makes me happy. Will it change the world? No, but it's simply good. It's simply good. It's one cool thing. Notice the goodness in your life, no matter how small, and you'll see more of it. And the very last thing I do before bed is I write down a tomorrow optimism. I write about this in my books. There's a lot of research that shows when we find something to look forward to, we generally assume a more optimistic attitude and behavior. It's adaptive. It helps us feel better in our lives and help us and helps us choose more optimistic behavior because we know now optimism isn't just an attitude, it's the way we act in life. I realized I was going to bed each night thinking over my mental to-do list. I've got a long list, like all of you, of things to do at work and, and with our family and the finances, and we're still trying to restore our bathroom from the toilet flood, the great toilet flood of 2022, right? So there's all these big grown-up things that we all have to deal with in our lives. And I, I found myself drifting off to sleep thinking about all those things, all the stuff I wanted to get to the following day. And that's a stressful way to go to sleep. 
I know I'm going to get to this stuff. It will be okay. But now I'm really focused on finding the thing I'm looking forward to about the day ahead, just one day, instead of loading myself up with these obligations and these responsibilities before I even fall asleep. I was waking up feeling tired and overwhelmed. I'm not feeling that way right now. No, I'll keep you posted. You know, I, I've not done this kind of routine before. I've done all of these practices separately at different times. But to just do a buzzword, one quick word or sentence about my small wins for the day, the thing I'm grateful for, the simply good thing, and then tomorrow optimism. To do those, it's it's been a powerful way to drift off to sleep, to mark the successes of the things I'm enjoying in life. It's okay. Even during times of difficulty, it's okay to also enjoy other moments and our lives and to note them, right? We are capable of holding all that. Humans are complex. We can hold the grief and the sadness at the same time we feel the love and the joy. We could do it all. So I'm really interested in that this year. I want to do it all. So last night when I wrote my words about what I was looking forward to in today, I wrote that I was going to be talking about tomorrow optimism on this podcast. It gets me excited. I love doing the show. I love hearing from all of you and sharing our connection through polycampbell.substack.com in our Simply Said community. I hear from so many of you privately. Um, and, and, that's really meaningful for me. It makes me feel good. It gets me excited about sharing this information because I learned so much from you too. And I'm grateful for that. So last night's tomorrow op optimism <laughs> was that I got to record today, that I was going into the studio today to record Simply Said with all of you and for all of you and uh, share this connection with you. So I don't know what I'm looking forward to tomorrow. The point is that even on the most challenging days ahead, there's usually something I can find. Maybe I've got a, a treat in the cupboard that I'm going to have for lunch, or maybe I'm set to connect with a friend over a happy hour, or maybe it's simply quiet time in the morning where I can uh, journal and write or work on the novel. Whatever it is, there's always something. And on the days when it feels a little leaner, on the days when I feel more negative and I'm not finding that connection, that's a good sign to create something, right? Again, that's where our emotions come into play. If I wake up feeling down and slow and stuck and negative, instead of trying to get out of that, instead of ignoring those feelings, I can use them to say, huh, what's going on today? What can I learn from this? What do I need today? Maybe I need to go for a walk. Maybe I need to call a friend. Maybe I need a nap. Whatever it is, we can use those emotions, good and bad, to really propel us forward so that we engage and create meaningful, purposeful experiences in our life. I think that's what it's all about. And then we can raise the level of our lives. And when we do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. 
Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.